0: The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome everyone to the NFL gambling podcast, part of the sports gambling podcast network. It is Friday afternoon, currently 412 on the East coast here to talk about the PM afternoon games for NFL week two and joining me here to break it down on that. I think it's about five games for the afternoon slate on NFL week two. You guys know him better as Scott studio, right? Scott. How's it going, my man?
1: Going pretty well. Uh, definitely an entertaining Thursday night game. A little bit of points uh, hijinks there at the end for the spread. I know you were on the right side of that, so, yeah. you know, never never in doubt. You know, nice, easy winner for you there. <laughs> As for me personally, was not really that great. It was fine. Uh, Mahomes uh, ended up making a couple of big plays, but unfortunately, I guess he was not able to go for it on fourth and goal at the one-yard line. Not sure why Reed didn't go for it there. Yeah. Uh, you had the Herbert pick six then the fourth and one conversion. And for some reason, the chargers went for it on fourth and goal at the seven while down two possessions, which I don't really understand, but it led to a touchdown. Uh, I know that initially I leaned to the over and then I pivoted and I actually took the under later in the week. So I flipped it there that worked out well, but as a whole, not the greatest Thursday night game, but it was entertaining, at least from a betting perspective, it wasn't the greatest for me, but it was an entertaining game.
0: Yeah, it was definitely an entertaining game. Um, I think a little bit of luck was involved uh, in that cover for the Chargers. I mean, we saw um, Justin Herbert; he he was clearly clearly hurt. I mean, anybody with a pair of eyes could have saw that. Um, even especially when he was trying to, you know, sc- I think it was fourth third down where he kind of got that first down, but he just kind of threw it away. He couldn't even couldn't even jog or he literally even walk for that first down. But I mean, give him credit; he stood in there. He he converted two big fourth downs, including the touchdown pass uh to joshua palmer uh gets the cover for charger betters and the game did stay under the total um in that game but yeah definitely entertaining game better than what we're used to seeing on some of the thursday night football games uh next week's a doozy as well i know you and uh, terrell will get into that with the uh cleveland browns and the pittsburgh steelers but i know you and i were talking uh i think on monday we had a pretty good um pretty good week one wouldn't you say
1: yeah, I thought we crushed it as a whole. Uh, worked out well uh, based on all of the underdogs that ended up winning. I know I had the Giants, so that was nice. Uh, yeah. Didn't look good early for the first half, but they eventually got it done. Uh, going through every game there, I know I really liked the Buccaneers. I know we liked the under in that game. That was really never in doubt. Uh, I was wrong on the Chargers and Raiders over, which I'm still annoyed at because both teams yeah. moved the ball well. They just either turned it over or kept – uh, struggling in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, thought it went well. I know we like the Chiefs. They dominated. That was my biggest play, yeah. uh, which worked out well in week one. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, definitely a great week one. Uh, hopefully, we can carry oh, and that we on. And we like Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota was my favorite bet of the week as well. Um, I broke even in that game. I took the over in that game. I, I knew it was shot as soon as that first pass was dropped by Christian Watson. That was a perfect uh, where, throw, too. Yeah, it was a perfect throw. just went literally right through his hands. It, if I caught it in stride, that would have been a touchdown for Green Bay. Would have been a more of an interesting game. But Justin Jefferson just absolutely went off in that game uh, for the um, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, anything else kind of stood out to you uh, over NFL week one as far as the afternoon games?
1: Well, I was going to say we're going to segue into a couple of these teams anyway. Uh, I had one takeaway in particular, uh, sure. which was involving the Monday night game, which we didn't exactly cover, but it's going to mm-hmm. come up because both teams are playing on uh, Sunday. Yeah, is ha- I, I just can't get over the hack at decision making, man. It's still in my head. I still can't get over it. I can't either. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't even know where to start with that. Like, I think, I think we have to also give some blame to Russell Wilson. Like, you're a veteran quarterback; you got to recognize the situation to call a timeout. Like, you've been in that situation. How many times 30 40 times in your career that you've led the Seattle Seahawks to what it was like 30 plus come from behind or game winning drives when you were there like you they paid you this amount of money you know and I, again I think a lot 95 to 99 percent of the blame does go on Nathaniel Daniel Hackett the head coach but there has to be some type of I, I think responsibility I think is a word for Russell Wilson like or your thoughts on that for me
1: I think that in hindsight, of course, Russell Wilson should have called timeout or the coaching staff should have called the timeout. I can't really blame Russell Wilson at all because I'm looking at the grand scheme of things. And they dumped it off on third and 14 for nine yards. It was fourth and five. They reached a 64-yard attempt, and that's what they were going to get get to. The plan was to kick. So if the plan was to kick, then you want to drain the entire clock. So I'm not going to blame Wilson for not taking a timeout because the coaching staff's decision was drain the entire clock. We're kicking this thing. So the coaching staff was willing to live or die by the long field goal attempt. So I'm not blaming Wilson there. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about if Wilson should have tried to override his head coach, yeah, I can't blame Wilson there either. Because what is he supposed to do? It's his first game with a brand new franchise and a game one head coach. Is yeah. he supposed to basically call his coach incompetent indirectly and go for it and override the coach in week one? Yeah. There's nothing Wilson can do. <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation. Sure. So I can't really blame Wilson there. I mm-hmm. think everything falls on Hackett because yeah. once Williams went down in bounce and you were going to drain the entire clock, I'm sure Hackett told Wilson, drain the clock, we're kicking. So I, I can't really blame Wilson. I just think that he listened to his head coach – if sure. he didn't do that, then people think Wilson's selfish and a diva and potentially a dick because he didn't listen yeah. to his head coach. But by listening to him, his head coach was proven to be an idiot. It was a lose lose. But I'm not blaming Wilson at all. I think it was all on Hackett.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think that there, you know, whatever the communication was, you're probably right that the coach probably did tell him, "Hey, we're probably kicking you to here." And but, the clocks um,
1: running too, so like, yeah. what's Wilson supposed to do? Like, yeah, go against the coach and run no huddle and call a pl- like the coach clearly told him wait, we're calling timeout, we're going to kick it. I think Wilson sure. just took orders there, and with his first game with a new franchise, you don't exactly want to tell your head coach indirectly, I know more than you, get out of my yeah. way. Sure. So I'm not yeah. going to blame Wilson, but in hindsight, they obviously should have went for it.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think that one other performance that really stood out to me, Justin Jefferson, uh, the game that we talked about, the Packers in Minnesota, just an absolute monster, Scott. Um, I'm glad that he's on my fantasy team, um, but this guy is turning into, if not already, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, we can say. He was already uh, like top three or top yeah, four. Yeah, I think yeah. top top five easily, no doubt. I think you can He's make the three. argument top three, four sure, right? Up there with like Devonta. With
1: Adams and Cobb. Yeah. That's the three. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's the yeah. three you're talking about. Yeah. 100%. Jamar Chase, you can argue maybe. I'd probably put Chase at four.
0: Okay. All right. Um, All right. Before we get into the afternoon games in NFL week two, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, WinBet. Thinking of joining WinBet? Well, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit of up to $1,000. Plus, WinBet has their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select Build Your Own Bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offers subject to change. Terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 21 years or older and in a state where play through WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 Ross, we Roster brought to you by the Live Sports Bureau. Football fans, the NFL regular season is finally here, and as Week Two kicks off and you get ready to place your bets and lock into your fantasy team, you need to check out the Elias Game Plan app, the ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, MLB, and that has everything you need to get a competitive advantage. The Elias Game Plan is the only sports app for the most trusted name in sports stats. The Elias Sports Bureau, the official statisticians of the U.S. Pro Sports Leagues, including the NFL, their app lets you access team and player stats, head-to-head team comparisons, and Elias' key Insights from their renowned research team. The app really is your one-stop source for player news and league validated player stats and team records, expert game analysis for betting, fantasy lineups each week, and showing off your superior sports knowledge to your friends and co-workers. And new features are available all the time, like player engineer player injury analysis and player impact report, which can be huge when it comes to betting and fantasy tournaments. So since the NFL season is here, number one, don't wait. Download the Elias game plan app today. That's E L I A S. And right now, I have a special offer when you subscribe. Get a 14 day free t- trial off a monthly subscription plan, but only if you use promo code SGPN. Find Elias game plan app in the App Store or the Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN. Watch your watch by Fubo TV. If you have If you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone, plus games in 4K at no extra charge, over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of the cable watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment and you can cancel at any time. So right now, you can try fuboTV free for 7 days and get and get 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/sgp. That's f u slash t v.com/sgp. All right, Scott, let's get into these uh afternoon games in NFL week 2. Let's kick it off with the Atlanta Falcons Headed to L.A. to take on the Rams. Currently, the line over on WinBet bet is minus 10.5 for the L.A. Rams. Total is sitting at 46.5. Um, and the Rams are a minus 535 money line favorite and 4-1 to one on the money line for the Atlanta Falcons. Rams coming off of the embarrassing home uh, opening loss or season kickoff loss at home um, against the Buffalo Bills where they just got absolutely dominated 31-10. to 10. Falcons choked away a 26-10 lead against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, But their offense, Marcus Mariota, I thought looked pretty good. But unfortunately for Atlanta, Falcons fans in that team, they gave it away uh, with some late turnovers to the New Orleans Saints. But now Atlanta heads to L.A. as a 10.5-point road underdog here. Scott, where are we going with this game?
1: So I don't typically like to lay double digits in the NFL, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a very good spot for the Rams. Okay. I'm going to take the minus 10. Anytime you have extra preparation time coming off a Thursday night game, that tends to be a solid bet on spot. Sure. And the Rams looked really awful against, in my opinion, the best team in the league. So yes, they looked yeah. poor, unless mm-hmm. they didn't look good. But the fact that Buffalo is so good, I'm willing to give them a bit of a pass there since it's a drastic step down to competition in week two. It mostly comes down to the time off. The Rams have been able to let this loss marinate and fester a bit, and I think they'll be able to take out their frustrations at home against the bottom feeder. Atlanta did look pretty good. Uh, They choked away another game. Who would have thought? I can't believe it, but still. Atlanta? Oh, my God. Atlanta! can't believe it. it. But still, (laughs) I'm going to take the Rams. I don't feel great either way, but I do like the extra prep time for a motivated Super Bowl defending team. Yeah, I think Stafford will look better. The ground game, I'm hoping for their sake, can look better. Mm -hmm. Cup that nobody can guard. I'm not sure if Robinson's washed or not, so we're going to have to wait and see how that plays itself out. But mm-hmm. I like the scheduling spot. I'll take the Rams.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, number one, it's a, it's a huge rest advantage, obviously, for the Rams that haven't played in about 10-plus days. Um, I think the one thing that does concern me about the Rams is the offensive line issues, and maybe that's something that with you know some new guys in that offensive line, that's something that they worked on over the past 10 days. Let's hope that they did because the, that pass rush of the Buffalo Bills was absolutely just getting at wills led by Jordan Phillips who had an incredible game for the Buffalo Bills in that game. Um, but you're right. I, I think those are the two things that I'm going to be looking out for for this Rams team is, number one, Allen Robinson's involvement in the offense and how well the offensive line can uh, hold up uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. For the Falcons, I think that if they're – going to stay within this number is number one. Can you generate pressure against the offensive line? And also, can you create turnovers? Because we saw Matthew Stafford throw some interceptions in that week one matchup against the Buffalo Bills. And if they're able to do that, I think they can stay within that number. Um, I I, I, I need to see the Rams prove it because, again, this offensive line for me, number one, again, did not look very, very good to me. So I I think that they can keep this within the number of 10. I'm going to go with the Falcons here. I think the offense looked great. Uh, Marcus Mariota looked good as well. Um, I know we, we, we have a separate show that we do for the prop cast with the NFL player props, but I think one prop that I do want to look at here, Scott, get your thoughts on this is Marcus Mariota over rushing yards. It's at 34 and a half right now. He scrambled 12 times last week, uh, against these uh, new Orleans saints generated 72 yards from those 12 attempts. Uh, so I think that if they're able to stay on schedule, play from ahead of the sticks, I think they can stay within this number with the LA, uh, LA Rams here. So I'm going to go plus in and after, but do you have any thoughts on the Mariota uh, player prop?
1: Yeah, I got to like the over there, especially if Donald's going to make him run for his life the entire game. I think you can expect Mariota to create some undesigned running plays where he's going to have to scramble and maybe gain a couple yards here and there. But once again, I said I don't exactly feel great about this overall spread, but yeah. based on the spot, sure. historically speaking, teams off of a Thursday night game tend to fare well the following week because of the extra prep time. Atlanta, we know defensively they're not very good. Offensively, I liked Mariota in preseason. They still don't get Pitts involved enough, and I'm not sure what the story is there, but I'm kind of just daring Atlanta's defense to get enough stops, and I'm hoping the Rams use the extra time to get back on track. Cup might go for 150 again. like It really wouldn't surprise me. I don't mind the over for him. Longest completion for Stafford. Uh, Death taxes, Stafford interception. I wouldn't mind that prop either, but I do think you're going to end up seeing the Rams do well offensively. The question is, can Atlanta keep up?
0: Yeah. Um I yeah, I, I got me you got my uh interest peaking on that longest completion uh for um Stafford. Matthew Stafford. I'm sure it's probably like thirty, it has to be like thirty-six or thirty-seven. Let me double check here. Um Matthew Stafford, yeah, thirty-seven and a half plus one ten. But I think that I think the more interesting one that you did mention is that I think this should be a huge game for a Cooper Cup. Um, his longest uh, reception right now for this game is going to be sitting at Cooper Cup twenty six and a half. I think that he can definitely get over this number, especially the way this guy gets yak after he does make a catch. You have anything else for this game, uh, Scott? Before we get over to the next one.
1: By the way, for the odds, Stafford interception. If you want to keep riding that trend, is minus yeah. one hundred five. Okay, I don't mind that for the odds. Sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, getting over to the next game of this afternoon schedule in NFL oh, week. I'm
1: going to link to the over in that range. Over. Okay. Yeah, all right. I don't think we Uh, talked about the total, so I brought that up.
0: um, Yeah, I think I would lead towards the over two. I wouldn't be surprised if I do see the Rams get, what, at least four touchdowns in this game? Yeah, 30 and change is what I'm expecting. Yeah, I would think so. Um, All right, let's get over to the next game. It's going to be the NFC West matchup between the Seattle Seahawks heading to Santa Clara to take on. San Francisco 49ers a 405 Eastern start um, looking at the lines for this game over on WinBet, I'm currently seeing the 49ers a minus nine point home favorite over under at 40 and a half uh, money line minus 400 for the San Francisco 49ers and plus 310 for the Seattle Seahawks we just talked about Scott uh, the Seahawks getting the victory against the Russell Wilson led Denver Broncos there Um, you know, we talked about the decision making at the end of the game, but at least in the first half for me, Geno Smith looked really good for the Seahawks team. I'm not sure if it was just adrenaline or it was just how bad the Denver secondary was playing, but they get the victory there. San Francisco coming off of uh, the loss in Chicago, where it was a monsoon there. We saw the videos on social media about how. They were trying to dry up the field, and it was just—it was just—just um, just a lot of water on the field. We saw at the end of the game, as well as once they clinched, the Chicago Bears ran into the endos, had their little slip and slide deal there. But um, we're expecting rain here in San Francisco again uh, in Santa Clara. I think that it went from about sixty to seventy percent now to eighty percent. So it looks like it's going to be another rainy uh, game for the San Francisco 49ers here. I'm not sure Trey Lance should be favored by nine points here, but it is against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks here. Scott, what are you thinking about this spread as a nine, minus 9 nine-point favorite for the uh, Trey Lance led 49ers?
1: I even found the nine and a nine-and-a-half. I'm going to take okay. the points. Okay. Uh, the way that I see it, the Niners still might be shorthanded offensively. Yes. We know Mitchell's going to be out. He got hurt last week. Kittle has not practiced, and he's probably going to miss this game as well. I don't think Trey Lance is any good, and we've talked about this in the past on several shows. I think that Geno Smith... It was really a tale of two halves. He was really good in the first half and did nothing the entire second half. But the Seahawks defense was surprisingly stingy. And it's really tough to fully evaluate the Niners because of the weather for week one. Mm -hmm. But it still should be bad weather in week two. And the Niners are missing their leading running back. They're probably going to use Wilson Jr. and Debo in some capacity, etc. But Seattle's getting Walker making his professional debut. So you have him and Penny in the backfield. I like that tandem especially in bad weather. So I think you're going to see a very low-scoring, ugly game, but I don't see Trey Lance leading that many touchdown drives. So why would I lay nine and a half? I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take the under. Give me a very ugly seventeen thirteen type game, and I'll take the points.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I did see a note before we started recording here, Scott, that George Kittle did actually participate. Oh, he in did. Okay, practice. Yeah, today. Uh, I know you tweeted out that he's on your fantasy team. He's pretty taken up a useless roster spot there for you. But I,
1: I used Fryermouth in week one, so I had a backup planned, okay. which worked out. But Kittle's had one practice in two weeks. So I'm not sure if they're going to force him back or not. Even if he does play, I still like the under. Because I don't trust either quarterbacks to actually throw the ball.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think this might be a game where you want to look at the under and passing yards for both of the quarterbacks. And also, uh, I agree with you. I think that this is way too many points for a – quarterback like Trey Lance who really hasn't proven anything up to this point I know this is only his fourth career start but even in those three starts where one victory came against a lowly Houston Texans last season but other than that not very impressed with uh Trey Lance here so, uh, so you're,
1: not a, you're not a fan of a uh, right-handed Tim Tebow I am
0: not. I am not. Uh, NFL Tim Tebow, let me clarify that. I was going
1: to say, yeah, that was a that was a Twitter inside joke there. But
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. I think you're spot on. We might see it's like a 17, 13, 20 to 16 type of final here in this game uh, between these two NFC West uh, uh, division foes. I uh, agree with you about the under as well in this game. Definitely keep an eye on that. Whether uh, we saw last week where – the video started surfacing on social media. That total started dropping in the Chicago uh, Bears and the San Francisco 49ers game. And I think they ended up combining to score like 29 points. So uh, definitely keep your eyes on that for sure. Uh, Scott, before we keep it going here, my man, let me tell you guys about our um, – uh, the newest sponsor on the SGPN Network. That's going to be No House Advantage. No last is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform today and play in their pick them contests versus other people for a shot at winning 250,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn for earn points for correct picks, climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry. If you hit all of your picks, but you can also bet on up to five player props or you have the option of betting individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. So sign up now with promo code SGPN at KnowHouseAdvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match of up to $25. Make sure to check out no House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. We're also brought to you by Promo Guy PromoGuy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies and making consistent profits from sports betting. They've got daily updates on odds boosts and huge cash bonuses from all major sports books. Their bet tracker shows an average ROI of 25% and – They've got a VIP Discord that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. I gotta say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates and they are some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on consistently changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help you with your picks, you are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of it all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed and better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% track, transparent and proven method for betting smarter. Once again, with promoguy.us, you get consistency and consistency gets you profit. Watcher brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there, and I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over/under game. Over/under has been integrated into fantasy the first the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. So not only can you enter a contest via over/under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. For example, if Patrick Mahomes is your starting fantasy quarterback, and not only do you think you are going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you're also as confident that Mahomes is going to hit his over 250 passing yards line. And if you pick correctly, you're going to win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. And it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Not only do they have the NFL, but they also have college football player props. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. So on your mobile device, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to $100 using promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon. We have a 425 Eastern start. It's going to be my Houston, Texas, headed to the Mile High City uh, to face the Denver Broncos. Right now, the Broncos are a 10-point home favorite here. Uh, over under is sitting at 45 and a half in this game, minus 525 on the money line for the Denver Broncos, 4 to 1 for the Houston Texans here on the money line. We talked a lot, a lot about it. Again, Denver now at the home opener. Hopefully they learned a few things from last week. Houston comes into this game uh, last week. They ended up uh, choking away a lead. I think it was a 17-point lead that the Texans had. They also allowed 517 yards of offense to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts did make some mistakes near the red zone, had some turnovers, um, and that game ended up in a tie 20-20 against uh, the Colts in Week 1. But I think this is an opportunity here for the Denver Broncos, Scott, to get back home. I think Russell Wilson has to attack the secondary for the uh, Texans who did. I I thought, you know, at least the rookies did play better in this game. But when you're going up against guys like Jerry Judy, who's so fast, and guys like Cortland Sun on this offense here, Scott, I think this might be a good spot for the Denver Broncos to get on track here. But what do you think about this 10-point spread with the uh, Denver Broncos?
1: It's a very good spot because Denver got embarrassed on Monday night, and you're hoping in front of the home crowd they can get back on track. Houston should have won the game. At yep. least they left with something, so it could be worse, I guess. They're tied for first place in the division. But uh, this is really I'm really torn here because Denver on paper should win this game handily. Yeah. I don't know if I want to lay 10 with Hackett. And the play calling was atrocious. Not even just the final drive, but the red zone play calling was so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many shotgun handoffs they're going to try on third and goal at the one-yard line. Uh, I think I'm going to lean to the Texans. Okay. It's another stay away for me. I really don't have any strong opinion on the game. Maybe I'm just overreacting to the coaching job in week one. I thought Lovey Smith did a pretty good job. Yes, they should have won the game when they choked it. Mm -hmm. But the Broncos really just seemed out of sorts the entire game. A lot of delay of game penalties as well. It just seemed like there was no flow to anything. And I think it's a work in progress with the coach. So can the Den- can the Broncos win this game handily? Sure. They can win this game by 20 if they really wanted to, but I think the Texans hang around because I think this Texans team, despite being a bit underwhelming in terms of talent, they play hard, and they're a little bit frisky. I think 10's a little bit much. I think this line should be closer to 8.5 or so, but I'll lean to the Texans. I don't feel great about it. I'm kind of interested in the Broncos team. I I don't know what I'm interested in here. Maybe the over, like I'm trying, I think, I think Houston can score on this team.
0: Yeah, I think the over, I think you and I discussed this when we did the total show, um, that I I did say that if the Broncos team total was going to be at 13 and a half in that first half, um, I would take the over on that, but it's currently sitting at 14 and a half. So it's a stay away for me at, at at least at Mm -hmm. that number. But, um, let me see what their team total is for the full game here. So if it's probably going to be at 28 and a half, but if you were able to find a 27 and a half uh, for the Denver Broncos, I would not have put, be opposed to taking that because again, last week they still gave up again, 500 yards of offense. It just didn't translate to points for the uh, Indianapolis Colts and Colts at least at the receiver position are a little bit limited, but I think for this Denver Broncos team, you have the better quarterback you uh, you have, you know, skill position players with Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, you have the backfield as well. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to put up points against this Texans team. Yeah. I do see that team total right now for the Denver Broncos at 27 and a half. So That's, that um, seems a little low. Yeah. So I, I think that this is a game where they can probably get into the range of, of 30, but at minimum, I think they should get at least four touchdowns. If they don't, Uh, there are some concerns. I know it's only two games. You have a new quarterback, you have a new head coach, but I I think that uh, they should be able to put up points here. Do you like this in a teaser like Scott?
1: Oh yeah. I I think the Broncos are going to win the game by at least four points. The question is, do I think they can win this game by double digits? They can, but I don't know. I saw a couple of red flags there with the coaching staff with Denver and Lovey Smith is, you know, for some reason, the head coach in the NFL after he failed at (laughs) Illinois, but still, He's experienced, you know, he's not going to really allow his teams to beat themselves. Sure. They can do enough and hang around if Denver self-destructs again. My favorite play on this game is going to be the total. It's going to be the over in some capacity. Either Broncos team total over, Texans team total over, or the full game over. But I think Houston can hang around enough, especially getting 10 points. That just seems a little bit large on a, I can't say a short week, but they played Monday, so it's technically a short week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Houston plus the points, but no chance. I play that. I'll look at a total instead as my favorite play.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think 10 is a little rich for me as well. Um, I do think the Texans can put a point. Uh, no, Davis Mills looked pretty good in week one for the Texans. Um, OJ, OJ Howard career resurgence. Yeah. Two touchdowns on his first two catches or his, I think two. Yeah. Only two. It was his only two
1: catches. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he had a yeah. Randy Moss Thanksgiving game.
0: Yeah. Um, but, again, Davis Mills looked good. I, again, I, I read that they do want to get Damian Pierce involved more in some capacity. They should. Um, I don't know why he was not involved in week one. Yeah, and it was more Rex Burkhead versus uh, Damian Pierce in this game. But I think, yeah, the Texans can move the ball here. I think that we should see points. I would probably think it's uh, – this could get into the range of 47, 48 points here. So my favorite play is actually – I'm going to take the Denver Broncos team total in this game. I think that's my favorite play. Um, as far as the side, if you had to put a gun to my head, I would uh, I would lean with the Texans here as well. But I think the the Broncos are a good teaser leg as well in this game. Uh, you have anything else for this game?
1: No, not really. I think if you want to go for passing yards, just expecting the uh, defense for Houston to get exploited, I don't mind Wilson over there. Longest completion once again. We saw the one bomb to Judy. I don't even know if it was a bomb. It was just bad tackling, but still, it was for 60-plus yards. I think Sutton can get behind the defense at least once. Mm -hmm. I think Judy could as well. You got options, and I think that the Texans defense, we can agree, even though that they tied, the defense wasn't exactly good. It was just Matt Ryan looking like a washed-up quarterback.
0: Yeah. Um, Currently seeing Russell Wilson's at 240.5. That seems a little conservative, Scott.
1: That sounds very low, but unless they're expecting Denver to just run the ball down their throats. I thought Houston did a good job against Jonathan Taylor, though.
0: You think so? He still had a hundred and something <laughs> yards in the game. How many,
1: car- how many carries did he have?
0: Uh let me hear. Let me pull it up from last week. Uh so the Jordan- yards per carry wasn't like egregious. Five point two. He ended up with five point two? Thirty one uh thirty one carries hundred and sixty one yards. Okay, I
1: didn't realize he had that many yards in the end. My bad. Uh, I know (laughs) he was was struggling for, like, the first two and a half quarters. And I'm like, all right, Houston's defense kind of buckling down a little bit. I didn't realize he broke it open a couple of times late. But, I mean, you can argue 31 carries, 161, you kind of expected going into the game. If he was going to get 31 carries, it might push 200.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I, I really wanted to take a a – a running back prop, I, I just don't know what the carry splits are going to be for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They're That's
1: all separate like, can of worms. Give the ball yeah. to Williams. He's clearly the better running back. Just get this
0: over with. What are we waiting yeah. for? Yeah, and I think that that number right now is sitting at like around 50 and a half or 51 for both of those uh, running backs here. Let me double check here. 16 and a half for Williams, and now, yeah, Melvin Gordon's at 54 and a half. So.
1: That's my guess uh, why passing yards are so low, though, because they can run yeah. the ball, and you're expecting game flow since they're 10-point favorites to result in a lot of handoffs down the stretch. Yeah. That number just seems too low to me.
0: All right. Let's get over to the next game in the afternoon here for NFL Week Two. Let's get over to the Cincinnati Bengals headed to Arlington to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Currently seeing the Bengals are a seven-point road favorite here. Um my the total is at 42 Money line minus 350 for the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cowboys are plus 275 on the money line. Obviously, no Dak Prescott uh, dealing with the hand injury slash wrist uh, injury. He'll be out for at least four games, I believe, for the Dallas Cowboys. Cooper Rush takes over as the starting quarterback for this Dallas Cowboys team. Scott, it feels like to me that this would be a very public side for the Bengals to uh, lay the seven points here, but what are your thoughts for this game with uh, Dallas as a plus seven home underdog in this game going up against the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I'm taking the Bengals. I I mean, at the end of the day, people will always look at the handle and the bet count, and some people go contrarian. I don't really care. The Cowboys are not a good football team, and I've I've said this several times before the season started. I said it in week one last week when I took the Buccaneers and the under, the Cowboys, I thought, had the worst offseason of any team in the league. They got worse at basically every position. Yeah. And now their franchise savior, quote-unquote, Dak, the one player that actually kept games competitive because of the offense, is injured. So your defense isn't very good. Your offensive line is broken. You mm-hmm. have a backup quarterback who I didn't really like that much at Central Michigan. I know he beat Minnesota last year, mm-hmm. mostly on that 170-something-yard touchdown pass to Wilson. That's basically all he did the entire game. Uh Elliott gets most of the touches. He's past his prime, or at least he's washed. What is there to like about this Dallas team? They're bad at everything. Besides, besides Parsons being a lunatic.
0: I don't understand why Tony Pollard is not more involved as in the offense or the featured running back at this point.
1: It's obvious really, he's the better player.
0: Yeah, it's completely obvious. Like even in the passing game, I think he's yeah. He, he, they, I don't know why he's not more involved. Uh, Elliott in, has
1: no explosiveness.
0: It's no. absolutely shot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wanted to take Dallas here, but... I, I can't. Just, just be contrarian. That's, that's just what I wanted to do, but...
1: Awful loss, especially for Cincinnati, and you look at the numbers in that game. Pittsburgh had less than 300 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati had, I believe, 19 more first downs. I believe they had 32 first downs in the game. The only reason why they didn't win was because they lost the turnover battle 5 nothing, including a pick six. So the fact that Cincinnati yeah. lost the turnover battle 5 nothing and was an extra point away from winning the game just tells you how well Cincinnati played despite the turnovers. Mm-hmm. I thought they, I think they're undervalued because of how good they looked besides the turnovers. Dallas looked bad at everything. I got to go Cincinnati. I think they killed this team.
0: Yeah, 32 to 13 first downs for the Cincinnati Bengals. 94. 32
1: first downs. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's defense is a very good defense.
0: Yeah. for us, They ran 94 plays compared to 61 of the Steelers. And I think the one concerning part, you're right, was obviously the turnover battle and also the number of times that Joe Burrow got sacked, seven sacks last, uh, in week one. So I'll go contrary. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with Dallas here. I think they can generate pressure on Joe Burrow. I can't um, score. Yeah, that's yeah, and again, I think that's going to be the whole thing. That if they're able to force some turnovers and maybe create some short fields for the Dallas Cowboys offense, I, I think they can hang around in this game, but I can also see a world where you're where this offense just absolutely just goes off, especially against that secondary with Jamar Chase back there. T. Higgins should be back in this game as well. I think that I did say, I uh, did see that he was returning to practice uh, yeah. as of I think today. Um, and you also also obviously have Tyler Boyd, and let's not forget Joe Mixon in the backfield as well. But I think it's going to I
1: got of- to take the Bengals for me. Yeah, it, yeah it, I, it I don't blame you. So
0: bad. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, anything on the total here, Scott?
1: It would be Bengals team total over for me if I had to pick anything. I think the number's too low. I believe it was at 25 and a half. Uh, Uh, Let me see. But they scored 20 despite committing five turnovers last week against the Steelers defense with T.J. Watt. And when Watt's in the game, Pittsburgh's defense is what? Top four? Yeah. 32 first downs against the top four defense. You can move the ball. I think Chase is going to get loose a couple times. Higgins might as well. I got to go with the Bengals to score at least 27 in this game. I think they probably pushed 30. 25 and a half seems like an overreaction to what happened
0: last week with the
1: turnovers. I'm going with the over for the Bengals.
0: I see a 24 and a half. Um, Doesn't that seem Bengals extremely
1: low to you? It does. And last week, what?
0: Tampa Bay, even with all... It was a bunch of red zone field goals. I mean, they moved yeah. the ball. Yeah. Um, they scored, still scored 19 in that game. Yeah, and they kicked five
1: field goals in yeah, the red yeah. zone. I mean, yeah. or near the red zone. So they moved the ball. They just couldn't finish drives. Mm. I think the Bengals just have too many weapons.
0: Yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon. And yeah, and then we'll get into Sunday night football. Uh Last afternoon game is going to be the Arizona Cardinals heading to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders are currently a five-point favorite over on win bet. Total is set at 51 and a half. Money line, minus 230 for the Raiders and plus 190 for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, There are some injuries, and I should have mentioned this for the other teams as well. Apologies on that. But I know the Arizona Cardinals are going to be without Rondell Moore, their wide receiver. Um, J.J. Watt is questionable, even though he was. I think he did practice on Friday as well. Is Murphy questionable? Who? Murphy. I don't see him on the injury report.
1: Okay, cool. I know it was questionable in week one he played. I wasn't sure if anything was lingering or not.
0: Yeah, and then for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, um, not much there. Denzel Paraman, linebacker, uh, he's considered day-to-day. Sam Webb, cornerback, is also considered questionable for this Vegas team. But last week here, Scott, um, Arizona just gets absolutely dominated by the Kansas City Chiefs. You handicapped that perfectly last week uh, in their week one matchup. Uh, they gave up, I believe, 488 yards of offense to the Kansas City Chiefs. They could have scored 50 if they really wanted to. Yeah, they really could have. Um, yeah, 480 yards, 488 yards of offense. Um, let's see, they allowed. Uh, I thought the yards per I think it was at 7.9 last week, but I think need to double check that. But let's just say what it is. This secondary is absolutely atrocious for the Arizona Cardinals. Last week, uh, the Raiders. Dropped a game uh, in their home – sorry, their road uh, road game in week one against the Chargers, 24-19. Could have gone either way. Yeah, Derek Carr did have some turnovers in that game, interception. I believe he threw three against the Chargers in that game. Uh, But they did have an opportunity to uh, win that game. Devontae Adams, absolutely incredible. Looks like he picked up right where he left off when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Ten receptions on 17 targets. From uh, Derek Carr, 141 receiving yards. He did have one touchdown and a long reception of 41 uh, yards from Derek Carr. Scott, do you think the struggles continue here for the Arizona Cardinals defense having to go up against now Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and this offense, or do you see some improvement coming from this Arizona Cardinals team?
1: Well, it's a leading question because the answer is obviously yes. I mean, there's nothing to like about this Arizona defense. You mentioned the secondary, which is not good. The defensive line is also not very good. And talking about the Raiders' struggles in week one, it came down to pass protection. Carr got sacked five times. He threw yeah. three interceptions, was rushing a couple of those throws. Uh, Khalil Mack had three sacks. Bosa had one and a half. They have a lot of really good pass rushers with the Chargers. The issue is the, the Cardinals don't. So the Raiders' defensive line, uh, offensive line should hold up better against this pass rush. Adams is also going to have his grandmother in attendance, so he's probably going to go yep. for 200-something yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the prop overs for him. I think he goes nuts. He might be one of the most owned uh, public plays for DFS lineups this week for Adams, but I think it's warranted. I just think he's going to have a massive game. Yeah, I got to go with the Raiders. I know it's going to be a public side. I was down in Arizona all off season, and so far, a lot of the teams that I was down on looked awful in week one, whether it was the Cowboys, the Cardinals, or the Patriots, they all look terrible in week one. Mm-hmm. But the Raiders are going to be a team that makes games interesting because I'm still not sold to McDaniels as a coach, but I like the matchup. They're at home. You know, the crowd's going to be into it. I really just don't think Arizona is that good. And with yeah. Hopkins and Moore being out, your weapons are compromised and your defense is a disaster. The Raiders could score 34 or so here if they really push it. I don't know why they would ever run the ball in this game. No. They should throw it every single play. Mm-hmm. Give me the over and carr passing yards, passing touchdowns, yards for Adams, whatever. But I think a stack for Carr and Adams is really a good approach here for either a same game parlay or for a DFS lineup. Sure. I see Carr putting up massive numbers in this game.
0: Yeah, David Carr, two hundred and eighty four and a half is his passing yards number right now. Derek uh, Carr,
1: your fandom Sorry.
0: Derek Carr, I'm sorry. Yeah, your uh, local fandom s- shining through. <laughs> I'll I think I've said David, like as we kind of prep for the season, I'm pretty sure I said David at least like seven, eight times already. But it's
1: fair, but we we did say that Carr got sacked five times. So P- Yeah, T- that's T- where T- it probably PTSD and, yeah.
0: kicked in. There yeah, you go. There you go. Uh, Derek Carr, I'm sorry, two hundred and eighty-four passing yards, uh, two hundred and eighty four and a half passing yards for this week. it is- should go for three
1: hundred. I mean, yeah. I don't know why they would run the ball.
0: Uh the Passing touchdowns is at one and a half and then pass attempts. Let's see here. uh, It'll be 37 and a half. So yeah, you're right. I think this is going to be a game where you probably want to stack Devontae Adams. I've already taken the Devontae Adams props. I took the over seven and a half on his receptions over 87 and a half. On his um receiving yards, that's up to 90 and a half now, but he should clear three digits easily. Yeah, 10 for uh, it, 140, 150. I mean, yeah, I don't see it changing. And I would probably ladder that up if you could on your book. But yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a good spot for the Raiders. Um, home opener, you mentioned it. We had saw the press conference with Devontae Adams, having his grandparents in attendance. Said so I think his daughter is gonna be there as well. So you know he's gonna be looking to shine in front of his family. And I think again, until I see improvements and from the secondary of the Arizona Cardinals. I think that number one, though the Raiders will cover this number. They'll get over their team total. And I think this uh, game will also fly over the total of 51 and a half, because again, I think Arizona can still put up numbers or put up touchdowns uh, and points as well. Um, and we saw a couple times where they were going tempo. And I think that, I think that really works for the Arizona Cardinals by going tempo, especially with a guy like Kyler Murray in your backfield. So, um, I think, what, this probably ends up like a 33-21 type of game. 31-23 type of game, I think, uh, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders here, Scott. Do you have anything else for this game? Not
1: really. I still think Arizona can score, particularly in garbage time, and the Raiders' sure, defense yeah. isn't great. If you want to go for some props, I mean, if you think that Arizona's defense could potentially snag one, we expect Carr to throw the ball a lot, maybe an interception there but I have concerns about the lack of pass rush. Any thoughts on Murray interception or maybe a sack prop somewhere?
0: Mm, uh, Yeah, I was pulling up both of their numbers for interception. So both of them to throw one is at minus 105. Um, I think one, one that really intrigues me is both of these quarterbacks to get over their longest completion. Yeah. Derek Carr, 38 and a half, and Kyler Murray at 35 and a half. I know both of these secondaries are probably league worst um coming into this season so I, I i think those um those two i really liked um um sack prop i'm not seeing that yet let me see here team sacks those are really hard to find um, i was just
1: curious if you saw anything there
0: no those haven't been posted it's a very limited market right now for those but yeah no. something maybe you want to uh look for at least uh, close to game day Uh, for these two teams. Um, All right, Scott, let's get over to the last game of uh, Sunday. It's going to be the Sunday night football game between the Chicago bears and the green Bay Packers. I'm currently seeing the Packers are a, 10 point home favorite here. Uh, 41 and a half is the total minus 500 on the money line for the green Bay Packers Plus three seventy five on the money line for the Chicago bears bears coming off the upset victory in week one, uh, 19 to 10 in that monsoon game. We talked about in Chicago, um, Packers, we talked about how we wanted to fade them last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, They dropped that game in their home opener. Now they get to come back home. We know about the numbers of Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears team in his career. I believe he's like 21 or 22 and five straight up. Um, And then I think it's the same record on the uh, uh, spread as well. I can't remember
1: any wins the Bears have ever had against Aaron Rodgers for the record.
0: It was probably very, very early in his career. Just saying I cannot
1: remember any of them. (laughs) Last season,
0: we saw that, you know, after there was a touchdown, he scored or he threw you shouting out to the crowd. I own you. Well, I think he's pretty accurate about that. But last season, we go back to week one. Packers got smashed by the Saints. They came back the next week, got a 35-17 victory over the Lions. The famous words or the letters that he um spelled out, R-E-L-A-X. Is it that was from like one? six
1: years ago, but it still applies, you know? <laughs>
0: it still applies, right? Uh good news, at least for the Packers, is that Alan Lazard was back at practice. They're gonna definitely, definitely need him, Scott, in this game or even throughout the season because of what we saw last week from this running sorry, from the wide receiving group of this team. David Baxiari is going to be continue to be out for this game. Not sure when he's going to be back, but is this the ultimate smash spot here for the Packers uh, in the Sunday Night Football game? Here, Scott.
1: Yeah, it's really difficult to make a case for the Bears because yes, they did win Week One. Fluky circumstances with the weather and all. Fields yep. only committed uh, only completed eight passes. I didn't think he looked great. He had the one scramble drill with Pettis. That was basically it. Mm-hmm. But Green Bay lost to a good. Minnesota team that was basically playing its most important game of the season in Week 1. Yep, That's why we liked Minnesota, and we thought it would take some time for the Packers to get fully acclimated offensively with each other. I got to like Green Bay here. It's really a slam-dunk bounce-back spot. The Bears won a game they weren't expected to win. I think you could argue they might still be a little bit fat and happy from what happened in Week 1. Rodgers, I think, will play better. Are they going to light it up through the passing game? Probably not, but yeah. Lazard's back. That's a big boost, and they should run the ball. I mean, you got Jones, you have Dylan, you got weapons, and the Packers' defense got torched by a top-three receiver in the league. The Bears don't even have a top-20 receiver in the league. I think the secondary clamps down. The pass rush, pass rush gets after fields because the Bears' offensive line is atrocious. Uh, they can't really run the ball. I see an ugly game. For one team in particular, give me the Packers. I like the under, though. I'm not sure the Bears even reach 14 points.
0: Yeah, I love the Packers here. I think this is my favorite bet of the week here. I think this is just a good smash spot for them at home in Lambeau Field under the lights on Sunday night football. Your quarterback is definitely pissed off after having that week one performance, not only by... You know, I thought Aaron Rodgers was okay, but I think overall as a team, they just weren't very good. But again, like you mentioned, you know, we talked about this last week that this was probably the most important game for the Minnesota Vikings. If they were going to win this NFC North division, they got off to a great start and it kind of goes back to what I was, you know, what I said last season that Packers had a bad first game. They came back and smashed a division opponent. They had that opp- opportunity again here against Chicago bears. Um, looking back at what the bears gave up on the ground to San Francisco last week, uh, they ran the ball 37 times for 176 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. They're also well, stacking
1: like, the box every play, though, because they can't yeah. throw in the weather. So I don't, I don't know if that really
0: means anything, you know? Sure. Yeah, but I think that is going to be a game where Aaron Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon should have a better night running the football as well. I think that, you're, like you said, I think we'll see more running from this team as well. But um, I, and I think the big thing for me as well is getting Alan Lazard back. Uh, or at least he's back at practice, I think he should be able to go in this game for the Green Bay Packers offense as well. So maybe entertain um, Packers team total in this game as well. I'm currently seeing that number at 26 and a half. There's Scott, any thoughts on that?
1: I don't mind it, but I'm still a little bit concerned about the youth of the receiving core. Okay. I like the Bears team total under. I know the Packers defense is going to be solid this season Mm -hmm. and they really should be pissed off after how one guy absolutely torched them the entire game. I think they'll be motivated to get back on track.
0: Yeah, that number for the Chicago Bears is at 14 and a half. Uh, so I think that hook right there is very, very important if you're going to bet on this team total for the Chicago Bears. Anything else for this game, Scott, before we get into uh, locks and dogs for this uh, PM games? Not really.
1: I would make a case for Lazard, but I'm not sure how many snaps he's going to play, yeah. etc. I thought Tunyon looked good in week one. If you want to go for maybe a tight end prop there, maybe a Tunyon anytime touchdown score because he has been basically all reliable for this red zone offense when Adams is not getting all the touchdown catches. So maybe Tony to score here. Uh, I do a breaking news though, unrelated to the Packers game. Uh, Justin Herbert officially been confirmed has a fracture to his rib cartilage. According to head coach, Brandon Staley, they are considering him day to day. Okay. Sure. He's a fractured rib. He's day to day. Sure. Okay. Yeah. He has about 10 days to get ready for next week, but he's a fractured rib cartilage. I feel like everyone watching the game saw it. We're not yeah. surprised. Uh, any initial thoughts there?
0: I am very concerned because I have four fantasy leagues and three of them. Justin Herbert is my quarterback. But okay. in one league, I will say I have Kirk Cousins as my backup and I have Justin Jefferson in that league as my, so I'm not too concerned about that one. But um, Who's
1: the backup? They still have Stick as their backup, the former North Dakota State guy. For Chargers? Yeah, who's the backup for the Chargers? Chase Daniels. I forgot. That's right. Clipboard holder. Extraordinary. I forgot. $7
0: million a year. Chase Daniels. By force of habit,
1: I kept thinking Chase Daniels was still on the Chiefs for about the 15th straight year. I forgot he was on the Chargers now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's either
0: that Saints or he's on the. uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a backup there for the. He's made a
1: lot, a lot of money. Holding. Oh, yes. Yes, sir.
0: All right. Before we get into our locks and dogs for this uh, NFL week two games. Uh, let me tell you guys about Run Your Pool. Introducing RYP VIP, a brand new subscription service from Run Your Pool that helps you get an extra edge against the books, plus exclusive access to real money pools. Entry to our exclusive Weeks One and Two pools with guaranteed $5,000 payouts, as well as our season-long pool with a guaranteed 100k payout. Get access to exclusive data to help with your weekly game picks, premium content like in-depth guides for how to dominate your pools, and exclusive swag. The top line is here, and that. In, the, in that if you're a very serious sports fan you need to make sure to get into the vip service from ryp so use code sgpnvip at runyourpool.com slash vip and get 50 percent off your first month on run your Pool vip that's code sgpnvip at runyourpool.com slash vip ross we're back to my odds trader odds traders odds trader is a place to compare odds from all the major sports books. You can also compare the different signup codes and promotions from sports books and get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker. So betters can keep track of all your games and betting activity. It also has features like handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores, and bet tracking, player statistics, and like I mentioned, projected game day weather. It also has a bet tracker that allows you to keep records of all the games that you are betting on and to keep track of how you are doing. So to take advantage of this here, all you got to do is go to oddstrader.com bluewire. That's oddstrader.com bluewire. oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Scott, uh, let's get into some picks here. Our lock and dog for this PM Games and NFL Week 2. I'm going to give you the floor first. You're my man. What's your lock and dog?
1: So uh, looking at my lock, I have a lot of choices. because There's a couple of games that I'm pretty passionate about. I'm going to go back to the Bengals. I know you want to go contrarian. That's good for you. That's not for me. (laughs) I'm going for the Bengals here. I just have no case for the Cowboys. I I guess the only case is home field but they've been awful at home recently, so that really doesn't even matter, and they got smacked at home last week. Sure. They can't move the ball. They have a backup quarterback. Their offensive line's toast. They use Elliott too much, and the defense, I recognize that Diggs is opportunistic. The issue is he gets burned all the time, and now he's on chase. You also have Higgins coming back. The Bengals should be motivated after losing a game that was very winnable in week one. I think the Bengals win going away in this one i know a, a decent amount of books have seven and a half mm-hmm. so if you can still find seven i would snag that because it won't be there i think this line's only going up i don't know who would be back in the cowboys at this point i see the line probably closing probably closer to eight okay but at seven built-in push draw there i don't mind that i'm gonna take the Bengals minus seven
0: yeah i currently see a seven on win bet so uh if you have uh you have win bet, win bet available uh Think now is the time to go in against snag that seven. Uh, all right, what do you got for your uh, dog play?
1: So for my dog, I'm not sure how likely it is for them to actually win the game, but I'm going to take him where the va- I'm going to take it where the value is. Give me the Seahawks plus three forty. We got to make a case for it. I I think the price is absurd. I think that Trey Lance is not that good. I've said it about four hundred times. Take a shot every time I say it. But Geno Smith was good for a half in week one. And it seemed like Seattle kind of took the ball out of his hands, tried to make sure he didn't lose them the game. But the Niners offensively, missing their leading running back in bad weather, I'm concerned. And Seattle's defense was pretty stingy in Week 1. They gave up a lot of yards, didn't give up touchdowns, though. I think the Seahawks can do enough in a rivalry game that's usually close between these two teams of hanging around and winning a disgusting 16 to 13 type game, it might come down to turnovers. And yeah. I actually have more faith in Geno Smith than Trey mm-hmm. Lance when it comes to avoiding turnovers, which tells you how low I am on Lance stock. Yeah. I've been shorting his stock since he basically came into the league and I've made a lot of money. I got to go with the Seahawks here. Plus 340 is a hell of a deal. I'm going to take that.
0: All right, uh, for my luck, I'm going to go to that game that we just discussed, Sunday night football game. I'm going to lay the points here with the Packers. Um, don't really like laying double digits in any football game, but I think this is just an ultimate smash spot for the Packers. If Alan Lazard is back, I think that's only going to help the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think that Robert Tunyon, like you mentioned, should be involved more in this game. Um, so if he has Lazard back, I think you know he'll. we'll see Rogers Rodgers utilize Lazard, Robert Tunyon, Randall Cobb yeah so those veteran guys uh, on this offense at least at the skill positions and then in the running back groups you also still have Aaron Jones the guy that can run the ball catch screen passes, be effective in that running, uh, sorry, the passing game as well. And let's not forget A.J. Dillon has been getting the a lot of carries as well for this Packers team. So, again, defensively, I think they should be able to generate a lot of pressure on Justin Fields. And they do have one of the better secondaries. I think they'll play better. Like you mentioned, they are probably pissed off after what Justin Jefferson did to them uh, last week. So uh, I think minus 10 here, I, I'm going to lay the points here with the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football. For my dog, yeah, it was the same game there. But I'm going to go first half. I'm going to take the first half money line for the uh, San Francisco, sorry, for the Seattle Seahawks. That number is currently at plus 230. Uh, I think they'll come out with a, a solid game plan here. Um, you know, We saw them do it in week one against the uh, Denver Broncos. Geno Smith looked good. Scott, I want to ask you this. The better backfield, are you giving the edge to the Seahawks or to the San Francisco 49ers in the current form?
1: I'm trying to think of who the running backs even are for the Niners because I guess Debo Samuel counts as their wider, as their running back one question mark. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Wilson is their running back who's been a backup running back for about, I don't know, eight years. And he always ends up starting by week five sure. every year. It's just how it yeah. always works itself out. <laughs> yeah. They don't have many quality options. I'm actually taking Seattle. I liked Walker a lot in college at uh-huh. Michigan State. I'm not sure how good he's going to look in the NFL Penny's good whenever he's healthy. He's just never healthy. So based on the actual backfield options, I actually like Seattle's backfield more.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. I think that they'll be able to run the ball effectively uh, here with Penny and Walker in this game. So I'm going to take the first half money line for the Seattle Seahawks in this game at plus 230.
1: I just took the full game there because San Francisco blew another lead in the second half to Chicago. And I know for a fact, Shannon gets way too conservative late in games. Mm -hmm. So I'll use that against him. I'll go with Seattle.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's going to do it for this edition of the NFL gambling podcast week two betting picks for the afternoon schedule. Uh, Scott, anything else uh, you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, my man?
1: Not really. Uh, Always fun going through the NFL card. Uh, Besides that, of course, still have the earlier show in the week, doing fantasy football as well with Terrell. Uh, Besides that, have tennis. Uh, No episodes this week. We'll be back next week. I know we're going to also get into the NBA. We have some division previews we're going to get through. So a lot of sports, a lot of fun, a lot of football action over the weekend. Let's all make some money.
0: Yes, sir. All right. You can follow uh, Scott on Twitter at Shell Radio, and make sure to check out all the – Pods that he is on for the Sports Gambling Podcast. Now we're in the tennis, the WNBA. NBA will be cranking it up here next week, I believe, uh, and also the NFL Gambling Podcast as well. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Leave us a rating and review if you like what you're hearing. Till then, good luck with your bets. We'll be back next week as usual. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.